Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of the Underground Network Marketer Podcast. My name's Ross Cherry, your host, and I'm excited to be here. Today's episode is titled, What's Holding You Back? A Fear of Failure or a Fear of Success? And I'd like to subtitle this episode or have it be known as The Quarter Life Crisis. <laughs> We're going to explore today on what I'd like to call the flip side of the coin. I just returned home from getting a haircut. You know the feeling, fresh, cleaned up, and ready to put on a good face to the world. Well, here I am, Friday night, and I've dedicated myself to work. To work on my dreams, this network marketing auto recruitment funnel and offer. The way I see it, I have four months, which seems like four weeks in my head to get this thing off the ground and make money. I've set up $3,500 in auto bill pay from my bank. This is monthly. And this is my goal and what I'd like to make in residual income, $3,500 to start. Now, if I don't make it or make any money at all in some other way, I'm broke. Nothing makes me happier right now than focusing on what I have to head on and accomplish it. Tony Robbins says that progress is a key element to feeling happy, and without it we languish, running around and around with the sneaking suspicion we're running over the same old ground in our hometown, shorter of breath, and if you know this Pink Floyd song, One Day Closer to Death. We're expending energy and accomplishing nothing. So this fresh face from the haircut, the fresh look, and being well-rested helps me to face this challenge head on. Today's episode is special because I'm going to get into a very personal story and I'm hoping um, it could help out people out there who've gone through some similar downs. This goes back and happened when I was close to graduating college and it was in my junior year study abroad program. This is what I call my quarter life crisis. I had chosen France to study a semester abroad because, well, I had taken French in high school and it was always my dream. I had a teacher, a French language teacher in high school, Miss Snowball, who's the cutest thing. She was like a 65-year-old grandma and she used to walk around and, and dance a little bit and when you had to make certain sounds with your mouth to have you sound like a French person, like ooh, she would actually purse your lips and purse her lips and make sure that you said it right. So therefore, when I speak French, et donc, quand je parle français, maybe that was okay, but I certainly hope that I speak like a French person. Well, I had everything set. I was going abroad to France. It was, I had lived there in high school for once for six weeks, but now I was going for six months. I had a girlfriend at the time that was attending the University of Southern California, and, uh, well, I don't think I should say her name, but anyhow, well, if she's listening, this one's for you. Judith, uh, she chose, uh, she was going to study abroad at the time. We were seeing each other for six months, and she chose to go to Spain. I loved it. We'd both be traveling but doing our own thing. And I had a great relationship with her. Things were going well, but I definitely had in my mind, I'm going alone to France to fly, to experience my journey, enjoy, drink wine, enjoy jazz, listen to music, and just 
soak in the culture and richness and the life you know that we're often that we often see of of a, a college student and a young person uh opening to life well you know judith judy decided to uh go to france and paris is where i was studying this was i don't know maybe a month month and a half before i departed and at first i was like oh ah and you see, I didn't want to go with somebody. It, it wasn't her. I just simply had this in my mind from six years before we met that I wanted to do this on my own thing. And I wanted to think about, I didn't want to think for two. I wanted to think for one. This was my time. Well, she decides to go. And, and truthfully, as she was there, I was half in and half out with her. I loved her, obviously, but wasn't thinking in terms of a relationship lens, the paradigm. Well, one day Judy got drunk. We were at an event and um, I didn't even know what was happening because we weren't even hanging out together. And she decided to leave and took the train or the metro back. And she was with some other guy, Roger. And she basically blamed me for not taking care of her. I could leave her in danger and I could leave her in jeopardy. I could see her and not take care of her. And I thought about this and I thought to myself, how could I say I loved her if I couldn't take care of somebody when they were vulnerable? You know, this devastated, this turned into an issue of and devastated my self-worth. I couldn't take care of somebody I loved. I started thinking about things. What did I have to offer the world? What was I good at? I tried to play guitar. I wasn't good at that. What was I good at? I saw other things people were good at. Wasn't good at them. Wasn't that good. I couldn't think of much of anything, honestly. And without me being able to care for somebody, I went downhill. I got really, really depressed. I traveled alone a lot. and was, Thank God I was in Europe because there was things to do saw Jim Morrison's grave in Pierre Lachaise. But boy, was I depressed. And um, there was one time, well, I changed, let's put it that way. There was one time I was traveling, traveling alone. I, I believe I was in the uh, France, in the town of Montelimar, where Nougat is from. And I remember laying down on the street, and because I could not go on any further, I couldn't take steps. And I remember people asking me, are you okay? Are you okay? I literally did not have the will to go on. I got up uh, because eventually I, I just didn't want people asking me and I moved to the side. I really didn't feel I was good. I was worth anything. And it just hurt being... Being in this environment where I was supposed to fly and I felt myself, thought of myself as not a good person. I couldn't offer anything to myself, to the world. You know that time when you feel like a bunch of shit? Well, I came back from France and even my stepmom at the time said I was a changed person. I equated leaving for something good and flying and succeeding 
and pain happened. I owned a coffee shop when I was 25 years old, and I did a great job at it. And after about a year or so in the space, uh, the lady who I was, uh, I, I had a space in her dance studio with the coffee shop, uh, it became really tense. And I was pretty much kicked out of the space, or I had to go. And uh, I closed down, and I didn't reopen because uh, I was underfunded. I said, you know, your first business you do, uh, out of 100 things, you do 98 things right. And I did two things wrong, and the two things wrong were funding it on my credit cards and uh, being underfunded. And uh, I didn't have enough money to go somewhere else. I found out later that she had done this with other people. Little did I know. And I wish at the time I had a little bit of counsel from people. Who knows if this is true or not, but, uh, you know, she had offered me the space to start and actually loan me some money, $1,000, which I paid back to uh, get some stuff up and running, a three-compartment sink, you know, things for health codes. And um, she brought me in and then kicked me out. And it just seems like every time the lessons I feel is that every time I make moves to succeed, right now I get really tired and I want to stop and I want to lay down, even take a nap. Even now as I'm, I was writing, writing this, I, I feel it. I feel drained. Every time I move forward, there's like a weight, an oppression. It, it's, I equate it with pain. Well, anyhow, I've, I've never been afraid to make moves and to risk it all to travel to a conference, to spend money to succeed, to invest in education, to invest in what has to be done or you feel has to be done for you to take the next step. Internally, my will is there, the spark is there, but whenever I do and I get close to the expression, I feel a tug from inside a hand coming up from inside out, inside my throat, pulling me down, trying to drown me. And I know I have to break through is what's holding me, us back, a fear of failure, a fear of success. I'm currently listening to Russell Brunson in the One Funnel Away Challenge. It's my second day through, and it's day two, second time through the challenge. And he has us listen to a speech he gave titled, What Failure Teaches Us, that he gave at Funnel Hacking Live in 2017. And you know, it's funny, I've attended this Funnel Hacking Live in 2018 and 19, and I see the faces in the crowd in the audience of Dan Henry and Stephen Larson. They're sitting in the crowd, and they're people I listen to and model my work after, and they're successful. Their faces in the crowd, just as I was last year and this year. The feeling of being almost famous, <laughs> not really, not even internet famous, in my little mind, and well, not that, but corner of, <laughs> corner of this marketing world, but I, I do digress. What my failure is teaching me, you know, I, before I say that, I want to think, will I be one? Will I be the guy who's putting this machine in place and receiving the residual income, building a team, honing my digital strategies, making money? What my failure is teaching me in these past experiences is that I am not alone. I know that we stumble through iterations of what we think will change our world and some sometimes it works out and oftentimes it doesn't but whatever as i stand before you behind this microphone none of that matters anymore all i know is where i've arrived and i know i don't want to be alone 
it's time to build this team. This time we'll build it and fall onto our greatness. We'll do it together. We'll do it with like-minded people, the audience of people who believe in network marketing and want what it offers. Who doesn't want the time freedom, the financial money, the ability not to have a job, a boss, the J-O-B. Well, the auto-recruitment is pretty much built. We're 98, 99% done. I've modeled it after a great guy, a teacher, and I've added my own assets. We're at a great starting point. The offer's been created. It's an auto-recruitment funnel, an effective five-minute webinar, a master class. Eventually, we're going to add a messenger bot and email swipes and a Facebook group, and we have a lead magnet from uh, the guy who's my up team who has a 20,000-person team. He has a book that he wrote. We're offering that as a lead magnet. Anybody on the team, he's even shipping it out. How do you like that? We'll have to automate that eventually. We've got story selling formulas. The formula I'm using right now on every single episode of this podcast, do you know I go through my backstory and desires and the walls we hit and the epiphanies we find and the plans we create and the conflicts and what we achieve and the transformations that we go through. I follow that exact story selling formula on this podcast. This is how I share with you. So if you feel that this is effective, just know that this is part of this auto recruiting formula. Anyhow, we got more surprises coming. I want to do paid prospecting so we even get paid members of the team get paid even if people don't join the team. And I've outsourced some of this to professionals I have in my network and they'll add the value. And all of this can be overwhelming. I've spent 16 months going through my head. And you know what? I understood it from the start. I really did, and I really do. But then we learn all these things or try to, and we go in these backward circles. I was talking to my buddy Sean yesterday. We get it right away because we're smart and it hits us. Truths are undeniable. Then we go through the process and we get so far away from our goal. But we're getting it done. It's there. We got to keep moving and not lie down again. So with God's good graces, pure tenacity, and help with projects from friends who want to do it and who stick around, I realize that we can do it together and we could summon the will on our own no matter how much pain we feel. And for more brief moments, we can stand at the mountaintop and look out and over it together. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. This has been a very personal story for me, and I hope that no matter what you have in your lives, we all have some of these moments. But understand that the voice out there, somebody's listening, you're listening to you, and not only are people there when you fall down, but people are going to be there for you and lock arms when we help you stand back up. And you could do it alone together. We can all do it. So if you'd like to, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, if you'd like to get the uh, download the Underground Network Marketing Blueprint, it's free. And find out how I'm building a team and how we can do it together. Just go to www.undergroundnetworkmarketer.com and go ahead and get the free download. 
Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you on the next episode.